I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. Today's guest is Matt Stickland. He's got PTSD. Let's talk about it. You know how Johnny Depp is has like you know is it a mustache? Look, I'm, I'm Johnny and he's Depp. He's got a goatee. Much, okay, it's more like he's got Orlando separate, Bloom. Orlando Bloom. His facial hair is separated. You're so humble. Is Orlando Bloom still a thing? I, I think know. he's oh, still yeah. alive. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty well, I sure he's, he's still alive, but like, <laughs> is he still relevant? Do yeah, you mean? pretty much. Uh, I don't know. He did a love story movie. I don't know, is Lord of the Rings still a thing? Uh, I think yes. Maybe. Pretty sure that See, then they, there's Orlando Bloom. Well, I mean, it still exists. He Just was, like Orlando Bloom is still alive. He is, yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> but he's not really current. Anymore. Yeah, Lord of the Rings is is relevant maybe the same is, way maybe Orlando had some Bloom is. Really great movie. I well, this know. this is a very informative conversation. Yeah, it I is. must say. Um, speaking of all of that, let's come back to Matt. Yeah, Matt, what's up? How you doing? Uh, doing doing good. We know each other. We do. Yeah, we know each other like pretty well. I would say. I think uh, technically we're in laws, maybe. Yeah. Well, wait. Are you? Did you? Are you guys engaged? No. Well, common law. Common law. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Like uh, in the was, eyes of the law, we're in laws. You are. Okay. Cool. So yeah, you're you're my sister in law's uh, partner, common law partner. No. I, I, brother in law. <laughs> I'm your brother. You're a brother in law. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how it works? Okay. I think cool. so. Sweet. You're yeah. You're married to my girlfriend's sister. Yeah. Yeah. And Matt and I know each other through that same through relationship. That same Correct. Relationship. Yeah. Uh, I just met Matt actually. Not that you guys cared or asked me, but you, well, I, I just thought I'd add that we, in. We, the it natural made, progression yeah. would have been to go to you next. It but, made sense uh, for you to chime in okay. and say that. Well, I just wanted but to okay. add that. So. <laughs> sure. So you know. Thanks, Brian. Um, and uh, one thing that I didn't know about you, Matt, was that um, I didn't know until quite recently was that you suffer from PTSD. Uh, I do, yeah. And the reason you didn't know is because I... Hide it. I try and hide it as best I can, actually. Yeah. Interesting. So what does PTSD stand for? Uh, PTSD stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, there's a lot of... Like, Afghanistan happened for a really long time, like 14 years now, I think. It's still kind of going on with the Americans. Yeah, yeah I can't believe that it's it's been that long. Like, it uh, doesn't seem like it's yeah. been It's because it's been, it's been the war of our generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, so it's been going on for a really long time, and a lot of people have come home just like seriously fucked up from mm-hmm. it. Uh, so there's been a lot of research into PTSD and like the causes of PTSD and what PTSD is. Um, and they just recently uh, released a new volume of like diagnostic for uh, all psychological diagnoses. And uh, PTSD is now kind of it used to be just like. You're stereotypical, you know, you watch a more war movie and these guys go through some serious shit and it's like, oh, those guys have PTSD and then they, if it's Band of Brothers, you see the interviews afterwards and they 
are talking about it. And like 60 years later, 70 years later, they're still tearing up. And that's kind of like the default, what everyone thinks PTSD is. Um, and that's still true. Like, so, but it's kind of split now. There's the, um, there's the fear-based one where you're like, I've gone through a really like extreme scenario. I feared for my life and, uh, you come back messed up. And there's also the other side of it too now where it's, a uh, there's a, they're calling it a moral injury where you, mm. you kind of see yourself as a good person and then you go, it's generally to war. I don't know if a moral injury applies to like the civilian side of things. Um, you go do something, uh, that kind of doesn't jive with your belief of yourself as a good person. With your like core values. Yeah, pretty much. And then that messes you up to the same scope. And then they kind of, it's pretty personal depending on like what you actually went through, but then the symptoms kind of meet up again after that branch and then you just. And that's what you're going and you're, and are you on the moral side of yeah, things? I'm the moral injury side of things. So yeah. So you're, you're, you're talking about the military. You're talking about, uh, you're referring to people as civilians, yeah. which, which, yeah. Uh, which, which not many people do. Uh, so I guess what, what do you do? What do you do for a living? Um, so I'm in the Navy. Uh, I was in the surface fleet for six years, and then I specialized and went subs um, after six years. And then so I've been in now a total of eight years. Um, and you're, talk, you're not talking about subs like uh, working sandwiches, in the rec no. hall and making sand, like no, a, no. a sandwich so, artist? No, no, no. Would you consider yourself a sandwich artist? There's an, ar- an artisan. There is a certain amount of artistry that goes into driving <laughs> submarines. Oh, submarine. Holy shit. Oh, okay. um, oh, my God. No, so I never actually, I got like halfway qualified in submarines, but uh, I didn't, my progress in my naval career kind of got um, stalled uh, as I dealt with, uh, still I'm dealing with the uh, fallout of deploying on the Charlottetown, which was a surface ship that went to Libya. Okay, so okay. let's let's just take it back to the start. First, you said you mentioned that you've you've been trying to hide it. Yeah. Um, how long has it been that you you knew that you, that you knew something was up? Um. So 2011, the fall of 2011, we came back from Libya. How long were you? We were there. We left in March. We came back in September. Six months, almost exactly, exactly to the day. I think March second, September second. Was that like Gaddafi height? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we were there. Okay. Um. Yeah. So we we did that, and I came back, and then it was sometime in the winter. I don't Christmassy maybe, um, maybe slightly after Christmas, where I just I realized I was drinking a lot, and I didn't. I drink so much at Christmas time. No, but it was like from <laughs> September to Christmas and oh, then past oh. Christmas. Oh, sorry. And like then, when uh, the Christmas decorations start coming out, though. Well, what, so like, it's like June? So, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what exactly. I'm saying. Like, that's when Jeremy starts drinking. <laughs> well, <laughs> and then continues on. Hey, well, come on now. Uh, Rain it back in. <laughs> yeah, so after, I don't know, whatever that is, five months or so, I was like, I, I think I might have a problem uh, with drinking. Mm-hmm. I hadn't fully realize what was going on because like i was drunk like the whole time and yeah, were you like an, an aggressive drunk or like an emotional drunk or uh, a mixture of of both uh, mainly emotional i was like sitting in my house alone like avoiding right contact and, there and then and then and then like after after that after a significant period of time of you going oh, oh i might have a problem with drinking 
did, is it around that time that you realized that, that you, that that might be connected to something else or is there a bout of, of dealing with drinking specifically before something else comes around or a, a new realization? Um, so I went in, I went in for help. Uh, I went to my, the military's got like your unit has a medical, like a doctor. So I went into the doctor and I was like, look, um, I'm not okay. I'm drinking a lot. I don't know what's up. I need to figure out what's going on. And she was like, yeah. And then she started asking me other questions like um, about irritability, anger, stress, uh, avoidance, uh, thoughts of suicide and all that other good stuff. And I was just like, yeah, yes to like all of those things. And she's like, okay, so we're going to go get you see see someone right now. Uh, So I got referred to the substance people. Um, to help with the drinking part and also to like get psychological help immediately. And then there's a little bit of, so they, don't, they don't fuck around with that. They're, no, they're like, not even a little bit. Okay. Well, um, that's probably so, that's probably such an issue with the age of Afghanistan that, you know, they, they, you like, they check those boxes and they go, okay, this is the procedure starts now. Yeah. And at the time I was in subs too, like, uh, so I was on posted to a submarine And so I was seeing like a submarine doctor and doctors who had dealt with a lot of the submarine community. And if you Google this uh, Canadian submarine service, there's like a couple (laughs) of incidents where uh, like there was a fire on the Shakutami when she came across. There was a corner broke, ran aground. So like mental health issues in the submarine service is not new. Um, When we first met, um, I remember you were like, you were, oh, uh, actually before we met. My wife had told me, oh, yeah, Liz is dating this guy. And I was like, oh, that's that's nice. Uh, what does he do? She's like, he, like, drives submarines or something. And I was like, that is that is the most terrifying-sounding job in the world. Like, I, I, like I, there's, I, I'm not that claustrophobic. You know, I would say I have, like, very mild claustrophobia. Like, if I had, like, three people sitting on me, I'd, I'd lose it. Yeah. But, like, I can, be in a, I can be in a small space. I can be in a tight space. I cannot begin to fucking comprehend even even just stepping into a submarine that's like like lift it hoist it out of the water and just like oh that's terrifying that is terrifying <laughs> yeah i guess that would be kind of that's fucked the, up it shouldn't be it's made to be underneath <laughs> yeah. like they are so heavy but and like, then, like it, how small is on it the block. in there like i'm okay so um picture camping with like 60 of your closest friends in two double-decker buses. Oh, my God. Like, Ish. it makes me... I can see oh, it on your face. It makes me queasy. Is there a feeling of, like, camaraderie, though? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. So oh, you, you must be really tight with those people. Yeah, so, like, the first... Uh, there's two stages to getting Dolphin, your submarine qualification, and uh, the first one is getting the Dolphins, and, like, the official part is, like, can you demonstrate enough knowledge to, you know, uh, be safe on a submarine? And the other, like not snap and and lose it on everybody. That kind of say, like, no, like be able to. Well, you don't really know that until you go to sea. And there are some people that just they right, can't just do can't it. it. And then it's like, all right, see you later, man. Like, like nice, safety nice training. Like, like, like yeah. where do you let them out? You can't just like pull over. Well, if they're like, freaking out that bad, out. they'll just be like sedated and put in the rack. And then when oh we come, is that, is that oh like common God. practice? No, because no one generally freaks out that badly. Yeah, right. yeah, sure. But, like, you can tell when someone's uncomfortable, they're just, like, <laughs> like looking up all the time. Oh, yeah. wow. Looking up. Of course. Yeah, well, that's, what, that's <laughs> where the water is. You're not going to look down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd, be um, looking, so, I'd be looking everywhere. Okay. So, um, when you go on, like, a tour like that and you come back, uh, is, is tour the right word? 
to use? Yeah, tour, deployment, okay. whatever. Okay, so if you're on a deployment and you come back, what are you generally doing when you get back here? Are you kind of just going to the barracks or going to wherever until uh, your next deployment? You just, well, when you deploy, you get um, time off. Uh, okay. Time off to prepare for your deployment. And then, like, you get about a, a month-ish of leave, kind of like annual and pre-deployment leave. Right. So that must be, like, that's my, my question there is is you go away and you're in the middle of all this action. Your probably mind is consumed by the day-to-day tasks. That you, I'm sure it's wake up in the morning and pretty much go, go, go until until you go to bed. Um, I don't know if that's right, but that's what I'm picturing. Nah, it's it's actually like super laid back. There, well, it's boring. There's a lot of it becomes so routine so quickly. It's just a lot of boredom, and then two or three moments where you're just like, "Wow!" And then back to boredom. Okay, so you were saying so there's a lot of boredom, but earlier you were saying that, uh, especially in submarines, there's there's a a high amount of of like stress and a high amount of uh, people who suffer like traumatically suffer after coming back? No, no, no. Like, so PTSD is like extraordinary events. Um, okay. So like if you go to see, I got PTSD on my, on the surface, like before I went down to subs. Um, and then, so like, by God, do you mean the, tr- the trigger, like the event? Yeah. The event. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, like we deployed with 330 some odd people. And on that trip, only two of us uh, now have P- that I know of have PTSD. Yeah, uh, out of three hundred and thirty some odd. And and is it would would it be would you be wrong in thinking that there are probably quite a few others that just like bury it that bury that or that's hard to say because the way like Navy deployments are different than. Army deployments, like, if your unit is in a firefight in the Navy, it's not as intense for everyone involved. There's only, like, a handful of people that are involved in pretty yeah. much anything that happens. Because you're firing ammunition, like, from the ship. It's not, like, man-to-man. It's not man-to-man combat. And Yeah, and, like, so... And also, everybody else... Ha- there's so many other different jobs on the ship to keep the ship running. Yeah. Whereas the people who are making the decisions to, like, you know, like, like shoot shoot the guns or whatever. Yeah, they're not... So, like, <clears throat> we got... a handful of them. We got shot at one time uh, from like a shore based missile um, battery, and we Whoa. from li- like from Lib- a Libyan one. Yeah, uh, pro Gaddafi forces, and um, I slept through it. Like, wow! <laughs> oh shit! I slept through Hurricane Juan, and I the, uh, thought that was impressive. Well, because the ship never we <laughs> like they splashed behind us, and then the ship just kind of sped up and turned <coughs> and turned away. And then so we were on the edge of their effective range, and then we turned out of their effective range, but then someone fell down the ladder trying to, like, get into the ship. Um, One of the bad guys. No, 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 sorry, sorry. One of our guys was working out on the flight deck. We got shot at, and then in his haste to make it into the ship, fell down the ladder. Okay. So the ship sped up, turned away, and the pipe that came over the broadcast system wasn't, you know, everyone go to action stations because we're being shot at. It was, we have a casualty. So I woke up, and I was like, oh, casualty. And then I went back to sleep. Casualty as he in died? like he no, no, no. died. No, no, casualty is just Ca- injury. Just oh, yeah. so, okay. and that's why you wouldn't have reacted with like a oh shit, like somebody's fucking yeah, really fucked up. You probably just thought that like oh he's just and it, an accident. I was like we're, we're going really fast. He probably had a heart attack. Right, I didn't have you didn't, the, right. the knowledge that you were yeah. being actually attacked. How I fast just knew that we fast? were going fast. 20, 20 plus knots. Which uh, kilometers? 
Uh, no, no, 50, 60 miles an hour. Okay. Ish. Oh shit, that's <laughs> on a boat on a on a big ass boat. Wait, no, like hold that? on, that's wrong, that's wrong. Cause I don't know. Alice, Google it, man. Sorry, I Google should it, no, no, Google no. Agnostic I should know that this is like literally part. No, it's of okay, my job. dude. It's okay. You have PTSD and you're no longer. You don't want to be in the military anymore. Don't worry about it. Don't Nobody's, put your brain through the stress. Nobody's testing on you on this. Okay, let's go back to the PTSD then. Yeah, right. yeah. <clears throat> so, okay, all right. So, I'm I'm curious to know. So this is another one of those things, right? This is another one of those things that I don't know anything about. I don't know much about PTSD. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are listening right now who don't know about PTSD. Okay. And I do, and because me and you have never talked about this personally, uh, yeah. like outside of this room right now, we've never really chatted about it. If if I'm honest, this is the first time uh, I've ever talked about it sober. So that's fucking crazy. Um, oh, sorry, outside of therapy. Outside of therapy. Okay. So okay. So having said that, is it okay for me to ask you what your what the event was that that the catalyst for your your trauma? Uh, yeah, uh, and I have no problem answering that. However, it does like that might be something beneficial to maybe like throw do at the end and then like throw it into here, um, right? Because you don't want to, yeah, because like go through that pretty much, right and now. then do okay. other things afterwards. Okay. So, like, I will totally answer that question. Would but you, that, is that how you would like to do that? Would you yeah, rather that do be, that? That should be, like, the last thing. You can put it wherever, but that should be the last thing that I actually have to do productively for this podcast. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Okay, then that's what we'll do. Okay. Um, so, what were you going to say? No, you go ahead. Uh, well, I, I, got to, I got the results here. Thanks to our new assistant, Alice, sitting over in the corner. Uh, 30, 30, 20 knots is 30 kilometers an hour. 37.04 kilometers per hour. Nice. I did that backwards. That's about as fast as Usain Bolt can run, I think. Uh, is that as fast as he can run? That guy's fucking fast. He, he probably he can run fast. faster than that. On water? I think it is fast. <laughs> On water? <laughs> yeah. He just hits the water and his velocity just skips him right across. Um, I think that the conversation around the how you can get PTSD in that in those two those two ways of you know having like a really uh, traumatic, like you were saying the other day, like visceral experience versus that moral. I find that that's fascinating. And I don't, you don't hear, I don't hear in this, like I was saying before, this age of Afghanistan, you don't hear so much about that moral side of things, much more so about the, about the, like I saw somebody like the sniper who took yeah. a dude's head off yeah, and watched it happen. You hear that. So you hear that all the time. And I, but I find and I find I find that other side of the thing the more like that I find that that makes so much sense that mm. and you're in because you're a part of a of a of a machine or a company or that yeah. is making a decision that you're a part of yep. um and that and being even in the in the vicinity of that decision or what's going on is is affecting you well part well it, the two things in that that really kind of bothered me the most was that um it wasn't me, like, I was the part of the machine that made that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was the big thing. Like, cause so it wasn't just like, oh, you know, we as a group were responsible for it's I personally did this thing. Okay. Um, and we don't, and again, we don't have to go to that specific place until, yeah. until later on. I can't remember, you were, okay, there was something Can, else I wanted to say there, but I forgot what it was. Well, he, he was, he was talking about the, like, the, uh, maybe it has to do with the, the, the contrast between, someone who's who's 
like seen something oh, yeah, sorry, very I'm, visceral versus I remember, I remember someone. Now. Okay, cool. So when you go through an experience like that, where it's like your decision, in my case, your decision to do something, uh, or you go to a, you're in an experience where you are super afraid. It is completely normal to be messed up about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the normal guideline is like from, so if, when you're on deployment, it's like coming back to three months is kind of like the normal time where you're allowed to be fucked up about it and have it be normal. Okay. Um, m- uh, like medically, like that's the, 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 like they say, oh yeah, you're going to go do this fucked up shit and then you're going to come home and just give yourself three months. And if you're not over it in three months, well, come see us. No. Well, if you go for help before three, like you might need help to get through it before right. then, but like. Before three months, it won't be a PTSD diagnosis. Yeah. Oh, okay. You need, you yeah. need to be, like, you need they, to be suffering some... from symptoms for a longer period of time. Yeah, yeah. some, like, buffer time to let it I can't, sit. I can't remember if it's, I think it's from six so months to a year, it's adjustment disorder. And then after that is PTSD. Like, adjustment it's still bothering disorder. you. Can we just take a second? Did you guys ever, did everyone see that George Carlin bit about... About um, like yeah, politically yeah, yeah. correctness and, and maybe shell we should shock. keep calling it shell shock. Yeah yeah, 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 and just like get past the try not to like let everything be. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's funny that you say that too because like they're trying to take they're trying to stop calling it PTSD. They the psychology for VA. I don't know who's putting this pressure on, but someone is putting the pressure on the psychology association uh, to change it from PTSD because the D stands for disorder. So there's a lot of guys who don't who don't really understand like they just hear disorder and they're like oh can i pass it down to my kids um because they're worried like it's a disorder it's like 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 hereditary yeah yeah or and the other half of that is they're worried that like there's a stigma attached to ptsd and that if you are calling it a disorder it's kind of like you know something is, is inherently wrong with you whereas if you call it an injury then it's like caused by something and it's not a personal weakness do you know what they're what they're what the name is that they're sort of trying to push forward or no idea oh. what would what would you like it to be i don't i have a i, I really don't care i have a question <laughs> i just want to okay ask your question but i do want to take it back to i have a question about about the uh about it being oh, i lost my train of thought i had a question okay. about <laughs> sorry um I just okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna just do this. I'm you. You. But uh, I I'm sorry that I had lost your question. But we we've been. Oh, off I, I I remember. <laughs> okay. Okay. I remember. I got this. Awesome. I hope we don't cut this. I like. Uh, oh shut god. Up. Going to every <laughs> time go. Okay. Go, don't let him lose his question. Yeah. It's it's fading. It's fading. Every just go quick. Just go. Stop laughing. Go. I was gonna ask you. Is there? Oh, I have a. Uh, you know what? Before you say that, I just want. <laughs> You know, every time you guys He's say that so you're going to cut it out, you always leave it in the He's podcast. He's so though. pissed. No, uh, okay. no. Okay. Sorry, Honestly, Taylor, go for it. No, no, you got it. You got it. it. I can see it. It's there. Say it. I can't remember the whole question now. Oh, fuck. It, oh, had, to do, really? it, had, to do with, it had to do with that when you were talking about it being a disorder and can I pass it down to my kids? As far as you know, that's the question coming back to me now. As far as you know, is it something that is floating around like you can be more apt you can be more susceptible to trauma if it's if somebody in your family has had it or is it something that is super unique and onset dependent on the individual or the experience that an individual goes through if you're raised by gay parents will you be gay no <laughs> it's completely individual okay. yeah. cool and, and that's what i thought thought the answer was but i wanted to like just to just so that we kind of like hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah, because I mean, there's people that do go to war and and are do totally some fine. Super yeah. super crazy thing. Like that guy, American Sniper. That guy. I, I don't know if he suffers from PTSD, but well, the in the mo- movie, 
They were saying that I he would, was. Yeah, they were hinting that. But like they portrayed him in the movie, that his character in the movie did for sure. But the way he portrayed himself in the book, or like or spoke about himself in in like the public eye, seemed to be a very different. I don't. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know what he was all about in the media sure, or in sure, his sure, book. Sure, sure. Uh, I from what I had seen, I think you're right. But the movie certainly portrayed him as, I mean, when he's like at home sitting in front mm-hmm. of the TV. I think that's why a lot of people have issues with the movie because they were like, this guy was acting okay. like he was so super proud. So yeah. The, what a great movie. Um, so I wanted to Dude, just, why are you so, yeah. why are you so cranky? Relax, just go bro. with the fucking conversation. No, I, I am. I am. But <laughs> we were talking about something like 30 minutes ago, I think that I just want to bring it back to. Okay. Um, which is our guest who here is here today, Matt's experience with PTSD. So <laughs> I just want to come back to that. We were talking about you going into to basically talk about substance abuse, right? Yeah. Initially. And then where did it go from there? So uh, after that, I went to see a psychiatrist uh, and a psychologist and a priest. Uh, there's like a whole... And is a priest a requirement? No, it isn't. It, they, it suggested. They, that would be very weird if it was and you were like atheist. You, you know yeah. what? Like, in, no, some no, rehabs, sorry, get... in some rehabs, um, religion is required. Like some rehab. The 12 step, um, the 12 step program is revolves around. Yeah, exactly. I thought AA was entirely religious organization. AA is. Or uh, religious is, yeah. based anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so it's not, it's not a requirement, but they have a team of like, um, most OSI cl- operational stress injury clinics will have a, a team um, and so my team was the substance use psychologist, uh, psychiatrist, uh, another psychologist, like a trauma psychologist, I guess, one that wasn't specifically for substance and, uh, and the priest as well. And the way the priest kind of got into there was, um, or padre, I guess, cause that's what we call him in the military, but, um, that's the, the. That's, that's Spanish that guy's name or that's Spanish for father. No, that's like, isn't it? I think that's oh. a baseball team. It North is baseball. San Diego? Padre. Yeah. Wait, is that, is that Padre is Spanish for father. But is it, is it just like you that's and your buddies in the no, military? Just, or like that's literally what the military that's is That's like. what we in the military call the religious people. Padres. Padres. Yeah. Like how, like how hey, Jeremy Padre, calls uh, headphones cans. Cans. Yeah, it's like, it's jargon. <laughs> it's jargon. Jargon that no one cares about like when how, you're talking to like Jeremy. Like how Brian <laughs> calls boobs tatas. <laughs> I think really? it suits them, yeah. <laughs> of course. Especially when they have little hats on. Tassel Brian's a closet misogynist. <laughs> Not so closet. <laughs> Not so closet anymore. anymore. Yeah. I should be Did on for my illness. you guys see those tatas back there? <laughs> uh, now I've lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, so. <laughs> Padres. Uh, yeah, so I went to the psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist was like, we talked about, because psychiatrists then... Uh, their big role in therapy is generally drugs uh, to counteract your various symptoms. Like there's an old blood pressure drug that they give you for nightmares, for example. Right. Um, cool. Antidepressants, um, sleep aids, like that type of the narcotic approach, I guess, to PTSD. Um, there's a, sorry, that, I've never heard of that before. There's a there's a a heart pressure. Uh, what'd you say? Yeah. So a blood pressure a blood pressure drug that that that, that like negates. Ne- Bad dreams? Yeah, I think so. Um, I only ever used it once because it made me feel super weird. Uh, yeah, because like yeah. if it's for regulating your blood pressure and you have no blood pressure issues, what's that doing to your? Well, one of, you like, might, one of yeah. the side effects is it lets you sleep without dreams. So if your oh, if your crazy. nightmares are 
really bad, you can take this, and then you won't have nightmares. Oh. So, and this is oh, okay. this is in that that kind of phase that they're calling the adjustment phase. Then? Yeah. So this was still when it was adjustment disorder. Okay. Um, and then they do. <coughs> what my, was it like? Like, what was were were you feeling kind of relieved to be in a in a program or be like to be seeking help, or was it still really bothering you? Um, yes, both of those things. Um, it was good to know that, like, uh, to find out why, for example, I was drinking a lot. Uh, I think I always kind of knew, but I was drinking to kind of not think about it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, when you go through, like, the big thing for PTSD is therapy, which means talking about it a lot. Um, so I was not super excited for that part and, and that you found that you that was a hard yeah it still is now how did yeah. was it was it something that you saw in yourself that wanted you to go in and and kind of seek out help from within the forces or was it like relationships or family that suggested something were you living on your own at the time i was living on i had just gotten out of a terrible relationship and i was like oh you know i'm i'm drinking because i was in a terrible relationship right um and do you think that was part of that too or do you think it was it could have been. I don't know. It all kind of rolled into... Because I can imagine... I can imagine if you were... If, you know, if you had PTSD... Um, I mean, that's got to have an effect on your relationships. Oh, yeah. In, anyway, like, yeah. it has to. And um, uh, especially if you don't really want to talk about it either. Like, yeah. I tried to tell my family about it once. Um, but I don't... How do you, how do you bring that up? Um... I don't know, poorly. It didn't go well. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> uh, so I was home for... So it would have been before Christmas, because I was home for Christmas. Uh, so I went for help right before Christmas. Right. And at that point, I don't think I really grasped the severity of the situation. And then so I wasn't able to convey the severity of the situation. Until you flipped the Christmas table with the turkey no, on it. No, I didn't flip the Christmas table. And jumped out the window. That'd been awkward. Naked. Naked. <laughs> <laughs> right there with you, buddy. Yeah, okay. Um No, so I I didn't so I didn't know the severity of the situation really. I didn't grasp it. Uh so I wasn't able to convey that. I was just able to convey that I was upset. Yeah. Right. And then so my parents were like why are you throwing away a good career because you're upset? And I was uh, like, oh, ah, fuck you, you don't understand. So you're you're telling them, like, I got to get out of the military, this, like, uh, something. Yeah, I'm not having a good time. I need to get yeah. out of the military. But that's, like, and, and again, right, like, it, so y- you don't know that you're not using this term PTSD in your head, right? No. They they don't realize. I hadn't and, even, I wasn't so even using they just think you're, disorder they, at that Yeah, time. Or, or anything. And yeah. they, they just think you're being cranky. Yeah, so, pretty much. So they say things like, oh, cheer up, buttercup. Yeah. And you're like, which I'm sure It's a stable direct, job in this economy. I'm and, sure that yeah. goes directly yeah. against like how you're supposed think, to communicate with someone who's dealing with that. Yeah. And uh, it's just a, like a total hardest, shit show. I think that's the hardest thing about this, though, is that there is... There is that phase where you don't know that that person is dealing with something like that, and and I think it spreads across all mental illness. There's there's a time where they're undiagnosed, and it like when Nadine, when we talked to her about bipolar, she said that it goes on for an yeah, average of like yeah. eight, years. eight years, like that's until it's crazy. diagnosed, and it's and it's to think crazy of because all... you can't go you can't go through life walking down the street. Thinking that everybody's got a mental illness, like no. that's—I mean, no, it's yeah. just ridiculous. But at the same time, when people are reacting, what you would kind of classify as being not normal, 
then you should be you should use like respect that they're behaving that way and that yeah, they're and, like uh, you don't know what they're dealing with. You right? never know what anyone's dealing with, but but at the same time it's just it's it's just such a like that's what makes mental illness such a crazy fucking thing is because because it can go undiagnosed for so long and because because it is directly linked with like your mood and and how you interact with people and which is what you do day to day that just the the smallest thing of being something someone saying something to you can just set you off or like or yeah, oh man you know my emotions are like right at the fr- like they're right at the front of like, everything I do now. I'm, I'm thinking it, it, the equivalent for me would be just like someone not knowing I have CF coming up to me, taking a huge drag off a cigarette, grabbing my mouth, opening it, plugging my nose and blowing into my throat. Like that's <laughs> like I did last week, which, which I pretty sure will probably never happen in my life. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So it, like it, it that's what, that's what is blowing some, my mind I'm, right well, now. I may just, have done that to you New Year's <laughs> Eve, actually. Yeah. Uh, but Matt, one of the challenging things I... Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> oh, that's okay, Brian. Just, uh... So no, no, well, no, you, we get to your, you get to your, you get to your question I'm first. I'm just going to keep going with it. Sure. All, you're all listening to Sick Boy just fall apart. This is it. <laughs> this is one the last the episode. One of the things that I imagine is challenging is that you... I don't know, did you, did you have days in this period that were really good and that you just felt happy or you experienced something that was great? Or was it just like yeah. a constant depression? Was it ups and downs or was it... No, it was it was mostly down. Oh, man. Uh, was there any days where you were out with people and they could have kind of thought that things were good? Or do you think it was... Oh, always, man. I, like, I became so pro at hiding it. Right. Like, I was so good. Yeah, you developed I think your... I was really good at hiding it. Think... I really don't actually know. I don't and have an unbiased do you think source for that. It, it weighed heavier on you because you were trying to hold it in? I just, Yeah, it did. And so I just tried to avoid doing things. Like mm-hmm. I didn't leave my house much. Right. Yeah, uh, I did. I let all my hobbies kind of just go away. I just didn't didn't maintain them. Didn't maintain anything. Uh, as as it when we were talking about um, all mental illnesses and how they are all that that length of time that it takes for somebody to be diagnosed. Like when we were talking to AD in that eight year span that you could go undiagnosed because it's so hard to pinpoint. I this is kind of two questions. Um, related to that, did you being in the military? Are you th- although you're leaving the military, mm-hmm. are you thankful that this is a that you are had that organization to ha- to be there with those procedures in place? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know if it was different, like when Afghanistan first started or whatever. Um, but the support structure now in the military is unreal. In my experience, was unreal. Yeah. Very supportive, very responsive, very fast. Yeah, because now, we, we are, don't. Do you hear... have to say that because you were in the military and <laughs> no. you don't want them to come get you? I don't have to say that. If okay. if I had a negative experience, I would have been like, "Yeah, no, they have treatment." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you would have been very vague because because although PTSD is of course not limited to people in the military, even though even though pop culture leads us a lot of people to believe that it is. I think our, in, like statistically our instances in the military are higher. I'm sure they are. I'm Probably sure they are. For sure. I'm sure it is, but it's pretty bad in real estate too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's teaching yoga, but yeah. Let like, let's say, yeah. let's say Holy. somebody, let's say somebody has a, has a, uh, has, uh, an instance, an event that catalyzes, is that a right? Is that the right word? Uh, I'm with you. Catalyzes? I'm with, no, I'm with you. Keep going. Yeah. No, that, that's like a catalyst for catalyst? for PTSD. So it would traumatize you. Traumatize. So tra- sure. A traumatic, a traumatic experience. experience. Yeah. There we go. We're on the right track. Uh, 
but that support system isn't there for somebody to go, okay, well, you just got back from this experience. Uh, so over the next three months, like monitor, come and see us. Then that might go, that might be like a super long drawn out process for I them have, to be. I have no idea. No, but I'm, sh- I'm saying I'm sure that it is because of that support system, yeah. which is why I asked the question about the, the military having that support system. The other question that I wanted to ask was, over this time that you're noticing this developing or you're kind of going through the <laughs> diagnosis of this, are you noticing, what are the physical manifestations of what's happening? Um, yeah, so that, okay, drinking, substance, Ooh. substance abuse uh, is a big one. It's large, it's, that can just kind of be put under avoidance behavior. Like a lot of people, it doesn't necessarily need to be drinking or drugs. Like you can just, if you have an internet addiction, you will just spend Ooh. all your time on the internet yeah. instead of drinking or whatever. Okay. Um, so for me, it was drinking, um, depression is a big thing. A lot of the stuff that goes along with depression, suicidal thoughts, all that other, all that other good stuff. Um, and how deep did that go? Uh, it was, um, it was pretty bad for me for a while. Um, there was a time where I was like, I need to get out of the military. I don't want to tell anyone. So I should probably just hurt myself Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, and did you ever come to the point of actually... No, because I causing any physical harm, or I couldn't figure out a way to do it in a controlled way that would also look like an accident, right? And that that was like the only thing that stopped me, mm-hmm. uh, which is ridiculous. That a I got that far, and that is like that's the thing I'm worried and, about it looking realistic. And when like, you were feeling like that, did you feel like this might be a dumb question, but did you feel like you were in a clear? headspace and no. that you were like or that did you just feel like really clouded in your it was judgment? it was a means of escape of escaping what i was dealing with well to be able to like shake your head at that and go well that was is awesome well the whole the whole thing like so a, a couple of the other symptoms are like nightmares is a big one um those those are just shitty and they affect your sleep mm-hmm. um which is then in turn i'm sh- affecting your yeah once your experience. sleep goes it's like yeah. everything goes Downhill. there was two days last week where i slept very little and i was out of sorts and I, so i can't even imagine yeah so i did that I'm glad you followed it up with that oh. <laughs> i'm not like i'm, bro, like, I'm not like i'm not, I'm not like dude yeah oh. right there with you oh i can relate <laughs> i can relate i slept I for four sleep. hours on monday <laughs> And then Tuesday, I slept for five, but I was waking up, woken up in the middle of the night. There's a ton of university students listening to this, like, oh, I have PTSD. I wrote three midterms yeah. this week and slept for like two hours. Uh, Took Adderall the entire time. <laughs> yeah, so that that sucks. And uh, so I should also explain like what I actually did in the Navy, because uh, this is really relevant to like the next the next. If you ruin my symptoms. vision of you driving submarines. <laughs> no, this is, I'm just going to describe the surface. So in the in the surface world, you're like, you're the officer of the watch, so you're in charge of the ship. That sounds like something from Game of Thrones. That's exactly what I was thinking. Okay. Oh, yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Officer watch, of the watch. watch. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you um, gave me this stink eye like, no, it fucking doesn't. <laughs> I'm just <'cause laughs> like, yeah, I, man. You were like, Jon Snow. You, no, but you could have picked like Battlestar Galactica. I could have, yeah, yeah. Star I Trek, Master yeah. and Commander, yeah. all of those things. My, my, my thought went straight to the watch. GOT. Yeah, as soon as you said Officer of the Watch. I was whatever. picturing the oh, A-team. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> You're not a Game of Thrones though guy, though. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm like so... a Matlock guy or Magnum <laughs> PI. Oh god! Yeah. Oh man, those shows make me like when I hear that the name of Matlock or like Magnum PI or Coronation Street. Like I would literally rather talk about this than listen to you talk about Magnum PI. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let's go to the event. Let's talk about the event what right about, now. What about Tom Selleck's mustache? Though, <laughs> All right, we won't go there. 
Um, oh, fuck. Okay, so officer of the watch. Yeah, so your job as the officer of the watch is to, like, you have a schedule that the ship kind of, like, the things the ship needs to do that day. Um, and so you're the guy kind of liaising with all the departments in the ship to make sure all that happens. And the other big thing you do is look out the windows. The bridge is the only place on the ship that has windows, and that's where you stand watch. Got a question for you. Or actually, yeah, go do, ahead. Do you, do you know why most windows on boats are, are circular and not square? Because they're called portholes, not port squares. Uh, well, no. Good, good guess. It's so that when the sh- if the ship starts capsizing, when the water comes in, it doesn't hit you square in the face. <sighs> that was the worst <laughs> joke. Uh, <laughs> hate you. <laughs> My dad told me that joke oh, uh, on yeah. a ferry boat. That makes once, sense. A long time that ago. makes yeah, that. You know what? It makes sense that you and your dad are going to have two matching tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Don't tell people that. Everyone knows now. <laughs> Everyone that's your, knows. That's, that's your his, penance for that. Yo, joke. that's his fucking choice, <laughs> not mine. I've got a. I've got another boat joke. Actually, do you want a boat joke? Yeah, yeah please, Matt. Just hold on for a second. Yeah. Go. Um, it's, it's more about sailing. Um, well, it's actually about a home on the water. Why didn't the Viking want to live I on love, the water? I fucking love this joke. I don't know because he couldn't afford it. <laughs> I fucking made that joke up. You ma- he made, made up, up that joke I, on the dude, spot. I'm not kidding. I've used that joke on the spot after six I give hours. You, of I give you credit. I give you credit, but I use that joke all the time. I think it's. I think Thank it's. You. I think I'm you're so smart. So I think, smart. I think you're a really funny guy, and oh. I'm really flattered that you use my joke. Uh, Matt, do you want to bro out right now, or because <laughs> this seems like we've got something on our hands over here? So, Matt, okay, <laughs> all right. Saying so, back to doing the duties as the officer of the watch. Yeah. So your big job is to not hit anything, and you have windows <laughs> so you can see if you're going to hit anything. And then now, so, did that become apparent after the Titanic? Was everyone like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't? Well, hit things. fun fact about the Titanic: mm. they also had windows. Huh. <laughs> oh, they did, and they could stand. <laughs> On the tip of the ship. <laughs> and fly. <laughs> and fly. I can fly, Jack. Okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, so your, your job really, drive the schedule and look out the window, make sure you don't hit anything. Wait, were you the iceberg dead ahead guy? Oh, oh man. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. Yeah. That guy goes, hey, sir, there's an iceberg dead ahead. And I'll be like, cool. And then I'll turn the ship, and then I'll call the captain. I'll be like, hey, captain, I just saw an iceberg. I turned. Now it's going to miss us by exactly this much at exactly this time. You can go back to sleep. And he's like, yeah, cool, thanks. And hangs thanks, up man. the phone. Oh, so you, so you would actually, like, um, uh, like you would actually do, uh, oh, God, brain just shit, Engine- shit the bed. You, you, would, you would actually, like, drive the boat. You would, you would make, well, tell you'd someone make else decisions like that. You're oh, voice yeah, yeah. steering. You're, sure. like, you're like, the boat is like Siri to you. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. That's fucking sweet. Yeah. That is really cool. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Um... Yeah, so, like, your job is the officer of the watch. If you're telling someone who isn't in the Navy, uh, you're just like, yeah, so my job is uh, 
Picture this. You have a bay window in your house. You stand there with a brick around your neck. The brick is the binoculars. Every time a car drives by, you call your wife and you say, hey, a car drove by. And she goes, yeah, great. And then you hang up the phone. And then you do that for four hours. Then you wake up three hours later. <laughs> you shower, you shave, and then you go to work in an office from nine to five. And then that night you wake up and do it again. Because that's, <laughs> you also have to do administrative stuff when you're not on right. the bridge. Oh, yeah. right, right. honey. So Ford F-150. Ford Just went by. Yeah. <laughs> With Libyan license plates. Uh, no, but. <laughs> and like a rocket that. launcher on the back. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Yeah, so that's kind of what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> that's actually kind of what I was looking for. How close are you? I have a question. How close are you guys to shore? Uh, close. Within like a distance. Uh, uh, we could see it. Okay. Like 20 well, knots? Yeah, 20 knots. 20 knots from shore. <laughs> 20 knots Wait from shore. It's a yeah, a speed, a measurement of is speed. It a measure for of length, is it? <laughs> no, it's, no, well, it's not. It's a, length, speed. it's a length of rope traditionally, but right, no, it's sure. speed. Okay, yeah. yeah oh, that's uh, what knots that, is. Yeah. yeah, it's knots and a rope, and you throw it over, and you're like, uh, six knots went through, and that's how. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. They do it in Master and Commander. Cool. I haven't seen Master and Commander for so long. Uh, yeah, anyways. So that was your job. That's what you did yeah, on that, the ship. So that was my job. And then one we of the symptoms it. of PTSD is paranoia. Or at least for me, anyway. Like oh, you God, get... so every F-150 has a, ru- a grenade launcher on the back? No, it was just like, I was expecting bad things to happen. All the time. And I was getting paranoid that bad things were going to happen. So I was like, we were sitting down watching TV, and then like it would be nighttime, and a car would drive by, and I'd be like, all right, they're here now. Mm. And then I would get up and be like, someone's going to attack me, I need to be ready. Mm-hmm. And you mean that as a meta- the same yeah, metaphor? Yeah, the, the, wife, the wife is sitting okay, next yeah, to yeah, and yeah. she's like, honey... Yeah, well, no, sorry. I guess I was living alone at the time, but like... Uh, oh, wait, no, you're... Oh, shit. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were... Oh. No, I thought you were is, coming back to the metaphorical, like, you're no, calling no. your wife, that no, situation, no, that no, house. No, this, actually, this, this actually... This actually happened. Oh, your life. Yeah. Okay. Oh, shit. Wow. Okay. So, like, I'd be, I'd be, like, looking out the window and a car would drive by at night and I'd be like, I'm in danger now. And then I would walk around my house, make sure all the doors were locked, and then I would just sit at the window and watch and wait, just, like, just to be ready. Or I, so I have a question. Whatever. In that sort of paranoia, did you ever um, did you ever like cross the line with with another person, maybe a stranger or someone else in your life? No, because it was it was very it was only ever at night, only ever alone, and only in my house. Because um, like, although the whole situation is like super illogical, uh, in my mind, I'm like, if I'm at my house, this is my routine. This is where I would attack someone. So. I would learn their routine and then attack them at home. So whenever I don't sleep at home, I'm like, oh, they don't know where I am. I'm safe. Which is so funny because that kind of goes against our, like, evolutionary hardwiring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like home should be safe kind yeah, of Yeah, exactly. And, and generally, that's why a lot of people have a hard time sleeping in hotels or, or, like, sleeping at someone's house that they're not used to being is because... It, it, our br- our brain is going. This isn't familiar. This isn't my like cave. Exactly. My but Matt lo- Matt's logic anywhere. Matt's logic so- sounds sound. Yeah, that discomfort oh, yeah. for other people is what made it safe like, for me. When you say that, I'm like, oh, that makes total yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, like at home, I'm like, this is so stupid. This is not. This is stupid. Why am I doing this? And it's like, oh, car, and then I'm right back in it. Yeah. So what happened after Christmas? Uh, where I was. So you, you were at you were at you were at the fam's house. Yeah, they didn't really quite deal with the situation in the best way possible. I mean, yeah, I didn't. Granted, it. they didn't know. Uh, they didn't know. I didn't know. It was just a terrible situation yeah. all around. 
Um, so I left feeling. Oh, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Yes, uh, I left. that, I left feeling <laughs> terrible. I don't know why, but I love that. He just said I left feeling. This podcast terrible is so raw. Said, I don't know why, but I love. I know. That. I'm sorry. All right. Okay. If anybody needs to fart, just do it into the mic. <laughs> I always did it the other day, when we were, but then I was like, other people use these mics. Yeah, like, definitely. When I own my own mic, I'll fart into it. Anyway, uh, you felt terrible. We'll label yeah. that one. And then I was alone going through treatment, uh, which was which is essentially talk therapy. And um, yeah, so I was alone, did- freaking out at home at night, going uh, to work. I was just had to show up, really. Like, I had let my bosses know, like, hey, I'm not in a good way. And they're like, yeah, cool, you know, do your thing. Okay, so when did they definitively diagnose you with PTSD? Um, that would have been actually relatively recent. Um, because, like, I I was dealing with it for, like, within the time frame of adjustment disorder. And I was kind of on the mend. Um at about a year and three months, year and four months. And they're like, oh, you're getting better. It was a bit outside of the scope, but like it's it was a year to- after the three month scope. Yeah, it was like three months past the warranty type thing. Um, <laughs> and they're like, okay, so, you know, because you got better, then, you know, it's adjustment disorder. Um, and did you feel like that was sufficient? Yeah, at the for time you? it was am- like I was doing amazing. I was doing great. And then, um, and then I, that's how I got into subs. Like I went from service to subs. I started doing that training. And then, I went to see on a sub and I wrote some letters home. Like I was writing a letter a day because uh, there's no Wi-Fi or anything on a sub or right. whatever. So uh, when we got to where we were going, I sent all of those letters back home to, I was dating Liz at this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and then let's come back to that. So I sent all of those letters home and then she got them all at once. But like the day before I arrived back home and she was like, if I had gotten those on time, I would have thought you had killed yourself because uh, they were... Like reading them now is like I was in a very, very bad place. And then I got home and then my symptoms started returning. My nightmares started coming back. And then I went back and I'm like, look, I'm not okay still. Oh my God. And See, that's, like, that's blowing my mind because that's when we met. Yeah. Because when I, when I found out that Liz was dating you, that was when you were, you were deployed. And that's when I got the PTSD diagnosis. Okay. Holy fuck. That and probably I had no would have been the same, no around idea. the same time that we met as well, it, I think. It would have yeah. been a very so good was that your birthday? Was that yeah, your birthday? So do you dinner? remember at his birthday when I was like, hey, can I volunteer to get the exchange because I need to do... Yeah, 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 yeah. So part of the... Um, I was doing cognitive behavioral therapy, which means you work on your mind and you work on your body. And one of the things that my therapist recommended was do yoga. And so that's why I asked that question. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that was... Fuck, dude. <laughs> Two that wasn't that years long. Yeah, it wasn't now? that long ago. Or okay, yeah. no, so, that was the most recent birthday. Matt, um, a year obviously, ago? it would have been January. Yeah, one of the one of the things that I find really interesting. Okay, it was a, yeah. it was there was a date that there was a date. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so one of the things that I find really interesting about this situation is that you went from before whatever the experiences that you happened, you were very much in a, in a clear headspace yeah. and you would consider yourself a normal person and uh, normal. Anyway, you go through this experience and then all of a sudden you're feeling different. What can you describe what that felt like? It's a, so it's actually not that I feel different. It's that I feel like I should be the same, but my actions indicate that I am not the same. The, the issue that I have essentially is 
associating who I am with what I did. So if I could just accept the fact that I have changed, I wouldn't have had an issue. Would, wouldn't have the issue in the first place. Um, the, you guys think that maybe we can go into talking about that? I, I, I have two things about? that I'd like to touch on. I just, have one. Just I have because one. of the time. And I have one. Did you want to carry on that thought or? No. Okay. The only thing I really want to talk about is the stigma. Why I wanted to do this in the first place. Yeah. Sure. I would love to. Yeah, that was a, that's a piece that I want yeah. to bring and up. That's, that's what I kind of wanted to get to with that question too, in the sense that like, I can't imagine what it feels like. Like I have no idea. And, and it, the best that you can describe it to me will still never make me feel like I have it until if, if I was, was to one day experience it myself. And that's where I think the stigma comes from is the fact that people can't relate to it. And I'm just trying to understand like what, what it is and what, that experience is like for you so that I can better understand it myself, right? To, to kind of take away the stigma and the taboo that goes with that. The only thing that I would say for that is like, don't like, it's really frustrating to me when people try and empathize with it. Um, right. Cause they just can't. understand. Yeah, and like, I can't even really empathize with it. Um, cause again, if I could, then I wouldn't, be in this whole process in the first place. Yeah. Um, so like when a lot of people are like, you know, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. And this, this could just be personal for me, but like, they're like, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Or like, Oh, the worst for me is like, someone was like, thank you for doing that for me. And it's like, no, fuck off. Like just, I'd rather you just like, Oh, driving submarines is cool. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't really want to talk about it. Right. Um, something that came up, something that I remember happening um, and I think in in this in this circumstance or in this event happening, uh, I found out that you were dealing with PTSD in this way. Uh, and this is a part of this stigma thing, this something that's wrapped up in the stigma of talking about PTSD or mental illness in general. Even is we I can't remember exactly what it was. It was something on Facebook. There was a post about something, and I can't remember if it had to do with sick boy or some. I can't can't remember. It was violence. Something about violence. And or or like rape culture or something. And one of the comments in the thing was like, "Oh, well, we're just desensitized to it as a as a oh, dude. As it a, was that well, post, it was that it was the uh, rape scene from uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, that's right. And people were upset about the rape scene in Game of Thrones. And it was like, oh, well, if it's not traumatizing to people because now we don't care about it because we've seen it so much that it's like, it's just normal to do that. And you had commented and been like, well, like, does a, does a guy go to war and get desensitized to killing people? Like, I I don't think so. No, like they come home and deal with PTSD and they're messed up. Um, and that's that, that idea that you can just, if you just repetitively do something over and over again, you'll eventually just go, well, that um, that's uh, it's, I'm desensitized to it. Funny you should it. say that because that's essentially what therapy is. You talk about it so much that it's a normalized part of your experience, and it no longer elicits all the anxiety and all the blah 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 blah. blah because blah. you were saying that if you if you just accept that you've done something that makes you that just alters your course in yeah. in a way, instead of just trying to remain on the same yeah. course and you're on, then you wouldn't. None of these psychological. Uh, uh, none of the psychological symptoms would occur. For, yeah, pretty simply. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Fascinating. So, I'm curious to know about how how 
Yeah, sorry. It, yes, we've been sitting no here. We've been sitting here for about an hour and six minutes. Yeah. How is how has this experience been so far? Uh, pretty pretty good. I was pretty nervous about it. Yeah. Uh, which we talked about. Yeah. And you were like, you know, the fact that it's you're anxious about it is kind of a red flag. And I'm like, yeah, fair play. I was a little worried. Um. Yeah. But like, <laughs> PTSD is an anxiety based thing. Yeah. Like yeah. you can't really talk about it without feeling anxious. Um. Because you seem. To be doing pretty good. Yeah, it's because, well... But again... So, I've had... That wasn't coffee, was it? No, it is coffee. <laughs> um, Actually, this wasn't coffee. This was just straight rum. But I've had I've had this coffee cup in all of my therapy sessions, essentially. Oh. Um, and I use it for grounding. Grounding is like a thing that you do mm-hmm. to bring yourself back to where you're at. Like Inception. Um, uh, sure. The dreidel. No one got that. Right. Right. I, I know. I know. We'll keep it going. I've never mean. seen Inception. Oh, dude, do yourself a favor. Oh, fuck, dude. Let's come over and watch it. It's like this weekend or something. Sure. It's yeah, a great right. movie. No, it's, it's about dreams. Playoffs. Yeah, whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, so grounding. I have this mug that I use, like I play with it when I'm talking mm-hmm. about it. And it kind of like, I use the physical sensation to like ground myself to mm-hmm. uh, the present. Because if you can stay present, then you can avoid the symptoms of it. Dude, that's one thing that I can relate to. I ate mushrooms in Amsterdam. I had coins in my pocket and I just fucking kept rolling yeah, them around in my pocket. I was like, oh, If you're having a bad trip, God. you try and ground yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's how you kind of keep anxiety at bay yeah um but no like when we first started this i was uh shaking i don't know if you guys yeah. noticed um my voice was a lot higher at the beginning as well you seem much more comfortable yeah well it started to become like uh, can we talk about liz yeah Be- sure before we can we can we just i just want to ask one question actually you know what never mind it doesn't really matter I sure? can continue yeah because like earlier it wasn't really a question it was more so <laughs> that i had just <laughs> that i had just um that I'm super happy that you're here and, and you're feeling, you know, relatively comfortable talking about all this uh, because I had an experience. We, you know, we talk a lot about who should we have, who should we have on the show? What's, what's going to be, what's going, what's, who's going to be a guest that's going to be able to talk comfortably enough about a subject to make other people go, Oh, you know, I'm going through something similar and now I, I, maybe I can deal with it a little bit better or on the other side of things, somebody going, I have no idea. I have, I know nothing about that. And now I feel more comfortable engaging in a conversation around that topic. Um, we, I I just had a girl at our launch party come up and she said she wanted to be a guest on the show. She said, I have P she said, I want to be a guest on the show. I have PTSD. And she said PTSD and she started bawling her eyes. Like she started crying so heavily and me, she said the word. She didn't say anything else. She just started crying. And she wanted to be a guest. And I'm thinking... There's no way. I'm thinking, well, no way. I would love... Like, it would be I, great. I want to help you so bad. But oh, I want to... Like, I'm not prepared to deal with that. Yeah. I'm not a fucking... Th- I'm th- Like, I want to stay away from as okay. much faux okay. therapy as possible. Because yeah. we're, we're not therapists, right? No, and that's I'm, like... I know. I agree. I agree with that. But also, like, part of... I mean, Matt, maybe you can speak more on this. But part of... Like the therapy, the big part of it is talking about it, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. maybe she's not, she probably wasn't doing that for us. Totally. No, like no yeah, she... totally. But talking about it in an unprofessional environment when, when like, there's people who go to school for a long time to learn how yeah. to talk to people yeah. who are that vulnerable. Yeah. We're not that. No, no. but what, but since there's a certain, there's a certain point in your therapy where it's beneficial. I'm yeah. at that point, actually, yeah. right now. Um, and like I've been in in an and that's therapy. what I was that's what I was yeah. questioning you about when yeah, before yeah. this was coming up was like are you sure you're cool with yeah this? so I'm cool with it and then my therapist was like actually for you at this point I think it would actually be a really good idea um and I was like cool that's awesome I don't really want to text that to Jeremy because he might think I'm lying 
no, just to be on the show. No, I would never. Um, that, that was my thought because, like, I don't know. You get some. There's still some like stray thoughts that really don't fit in with my general, and I don't. I don't really know if they fit. You know, mm-hmm. so I was just like, oh, put the phone down. I'll just mm. tell him in person. So, um, can we talk about Liz? Can, uh, yeah. I find this very interesting. Liz is, so Liz, my sister-in-law, is a uh, psychiatrist? Psychologist. Psychologist. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming your your therapist is, is not, not her. No, it's not Liz. Because <laughs> that would be super fucked up. That would be, a, yeah, that would be, like, a conflict a of huge interest. Huge conflict oh, my, of interest. Like, she would, if that was actually, if that were true, Liz would be... I don't. Know, I don't know what the psychological term of disbarred is. Yeah, she yeah, would sure. be. But like, she would not like, be allowed to practice. A massive breach of ethics. Yeah. Right. Um, so she. I, I assume she tried to stay out of your, like, out of talking to you about, um, at least your your you know your your sessions with your therapist. Or... Yeah. So like, it's kind of when I talk to Liz about it. Um, so she has the skill set that my therapist has. Yes. Um, but she does. You guys now know more about what. I've gone through than she does. And that is super interesting. Yeah. Well, because that's a very interesting relationship to share. Yeah. So she, so the amazing thing about being in a relationship, uh, if you have PTSD with a psychologist, is that they have a skill. So they know how to the patients be the support. Yeah. Like they, because they're like, because a lot of times if you are in a relationship and you go to therapy for PTSD, (laughs) they'll bring your spouse in and be like, so here's. What you should do as a spout, like they'll kind of be like sort of couples. like tips and tricks, to yeah. How to make sure that so she's like the perfect person because she knows mm. all that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, she has no idea what my story is. She has no idea any of the like. Is there is there a part of that that makes it challenging though? Because um, because you guys don't talk about it. I don't talk about it with anyone. You just but don't she talk about would, anyone. She period. would understand right. that better than most. Yeah, One right, of my yeah. questions about about because I feel like I would have it, though. I feel like I would have a hard time if if Bridie was going through PTSD because I want to talk about everything, right? Yeah. And so if she had PTSD and and wasn't talking to me about it, I would feel so. But if you were a psychologist that knew that she probably shouldn't yeah. be talking to you about it, I'd be like, well, that is that is okay. That's my psychologist. But I don't. That is totally okay. <laughs> I don't get. Like I get that talking to the psychiatrist or psychologist is is they have this uh, these years of experience where that makes that valuable, but isn't not talking about it also detrimental? Yeah, no, sorry, uh, we don't like, like not talking. About we don't it to completely your... avoid the subject, right? We just don't talk about like what actually traumatized me. Like, so I'll be like, I'm feeling stressed right now about you know, whatever, it's like a car drive by, drove by and I'm freaking out a little bit. And then we'll like talk about how I'm feeling or like how my therapy went and how it reacts to the, like how it kind of relates to the day, but we won't actually talk about what I talked about. She's skilled at navigating right. the waters yeah. of, of now, what no, you're going through. Knowing that she is skilled in navigating those waters, have, has Pete, know, and, and knowing that PTSD can have a very um, detrimental effect on relationships, have you guys had any struggles with with that in your relationship? Has it? Has it? You were saying you sent these letters home, and it totally f- shook her up. Well, it would have if I was still at sea. Yeah, right. Um, that one was more just good timing for not having issues. Um, no, but we we have like, I don't know, normal couple issues. Yeah, it's like, no, we don't need the heat on. It's fine. <laughs> um, just put a sweater on. You know, like that type of. <laughs> 
that type of stuff. And we do like we have more serious conversations, but the serious conversations we have aren't about uh, aren't about our past. It's more about how we're dealing with right now mm. and how that's going to go into our future, I just, which is also I, healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I I'm so like I'm just so grateful that that you guys can have that like that you guys can have this really awesome relationship and this awesome relationship to what you're both not yeah. what you're both dealing with but, but yeah what you're both dealing with you know what i mean like the fact that she's a a, a, a professional in that field it's just so great it's so great for you yeah I'm just like really any healthy relationship with good communication is just tops for yeah ptsd but uh yeah, I just got really lucky. With, and just the way Liz and I interact with each other just on a personal level. Yeah. It's just... Um, I have a... Like, speaking of speaking of Liz, do you... And you haven't shared what it is that causes your PTSD with her. Do you want to share it with us? Uh, yeah, I think so. And, and you... Like, you want to do that. It's not... You don't have to feel obligated to do it because I, don't, I wouldn't want to put any pressure on... It doesn't matter what causes it's about the experience if you want to talk about it then great but i wouldn't want you to feel like you have to because you don't no i i would i would like to um i'd like to do it sober because the like i've talked to like three or four people about it at this point but it's all i've been just gone yeah it's completely drunk and they're like why are you crying and i'll be like (laughs) yeah so let's hear it. Is that is that happening yeah. now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Right now. Sure. Good times. So uh, I deployed to. You want to talk about those napkins, actually? Yeah. Um, just in case. So I deployed to Libya with the Charlottetown. We uh, initially went over to. Um, I think our initial mission was to like get Canadians off the ground, uh, and then so we they're like a ship can carry a lot of people. So we were on our way over. And then they were like, planes are way faster. And then so planes took all the Canadians out, but we were still over there. And uh, so we were, the UN passed a resolution, a no-fly zone resolution over Libya to help the anti-Gaddafi forces fight the pro-Gaddafi forces as part of the whole Arab Spring that erupted. Um, so we went over there and we were hanging out uh, off of the coast of Libya and... Uh, we kept we kept hailing uh, vessels that were coming out of ports, being like, "Hey, what's the situation like in the port?" And then they would always radio back. You know, we'd have this quite like questionnaire of like whatever, and we're like, "What's security like in the port?" And uh, just a fun little story about that. Well, we did that. We hailed them once, and the guy got back, and he was like, "Yeah, security is a uh, good, good, very good, number one, A plus." And we're like, "Wicked, so <laughs> we wrote one A plus." So we wrote that down verbatim, which, you, which in Libya, which in Libya means. <laughs> um, so anyway, so we wrote don't that. don't come, yeah, don't come. So A we, plus is bad plus. We we wrote that down, and then the the guys listening in the ops room down below were like, "Did you hear what they said?" And then the other guy who was on watch with me, he goes, yeah, uh, he said that security was good, good, very good, number one, A+. Plus. And then the captain just kind of turns around and goes, the accent probably wasn't necessary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that the accent was totally actually a part of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like he wasn't Italian, uh, just so we're clear. <laughs> no, no, I, you did that pretty well. Yeah, well, we heard it a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had some practice. You've had some practice time. And you get, like, really bored. Um, of course, yeah. Anyways, so, but we were over there, and we were kind of, 
we were radioing, we were talking to the ships coming out, and then eventually we got the guys on the ground started contacting us, and they were like, um, you know, hey, you know, you don't need to radio ships. We can just give you all the information you need. And we're like, yeah, sure, man, whatever. Just like shoot us an email, I guess. And then they. Soup's uh, casual. Yeah. <laughs> man, our military sounds cool. Um, well, no, because we didn't want to give them any, like, contact yeah. us on this super secure channel. So <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, okay. Um, so they started giving us a bunch of information, and then we didn't know if any of that information was true and blah, 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 blah. So we were watching a civil war happen, essentially, for months. Um, and one night, we, we had verified the information that we were getting from these guys. Now it's like two months in, I guess, and two or three months in, I guess. And um, we we had these, like... Have you ever been, like, downtown and you're like, man, what should I eat? So you just, like, Google restaurants and then you get that Google Maps with, like, red dots of, like, all yep. the... Yeah. Yeah, so we... Uh, My subconscious just leads me to Willie's every time. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. But you know what it looks like, right? The Google Maps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we, just for ease of up-to-date maps, we just kind of used Google Maps and, like, had little drop boxes. But instead of restaurants, it was like, this is a tank platoon. This is a building full of dudes. Uh <laughs> And so we would, we would drive around uh, our little patrol box and look at the shore and, uh, so, and just watch for things, try and like verify the information with the map we had. And I was on watch one night and um, the, my lookout was like, hey, sir, come over here. I think I saw something. And he had, we have these like normal binoculars and like super powered binoculars. And he had the binoculars into the superpower binoculars and we're just like looking at the shore he's like i think i see something i'm like there's no fucking way man <laughs> like this is such a macgyvered bullshit scenario <laughs> that's like that's not how those work kind of deal yeah like, like the physics behind this shouldn't work um, <laughs> he's looking through them backwards and everything looks like extra far away um but yeah so he looked down the bear i looked down the bearing and there was uh there was flashes and i was like oh weird so i took a bearing of it and then i went back to my map and i was like oh, that could be a tank platoon. So like, and then I drove the ship somewhere else and then we waited and they shot again and we took the bearing and then eventually we triangulated the position. It was like, oh man, this is right on one of the Google Maps points. Let's blow it up. Um, so I called it in and um, it was just like, it was super casual. Like it was essentially just making a phone call. Um, and then so we relayed that up to the guy who was doing the air traffic control and he was Canadian and uh, the fighters on station were also Canadian. So we had this like big old Canadian war effort push thing. And uh, yeah, and they, and they flew in and they bombed the shit out of this tank platoon. And, uh, and I was totally cool with it for like um, a while. Like when you're on deployment, it's just like, Immediately afterwards, actually, I was like, that was so cool. I did my job. I did my job. Um, and then we, I was cool with it for a while. And then uh, we got some uh, bomb damage assessment videos from like an unrelated um, airstrike. And, and then so you kind of like see in infrared like what happens when bombs drop. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did that. And then... Um, but still, that was still when we were deployed, and, like, you're still kind of in that environment. So it's like, this is all still normal. Um, and then I got home, and one of the guys on board put together, like, this slideshow of, uh, 
of like pictures taken by various press associations in the civil in the Libyan civil war and uh and there was just this like series of photos where there was this guy who had this like bay sweater on like Hudson's Bay has the cream and the color and he was he had one of those sweaters on and he was running into a gunfight with uh with machetes and you're just clicking through and you're like that's he's going to have a bad day um and then there's a like there's a pause in the pictures and then there's you can see the pictures pick up again and he's he's dead and his i don't know brother or something is just yelling at him and he he's like he's trying to like bring him back to life or something and um and then that's when I was like I did that to people's families sorry And, um, yeah, and, uh, life's been, uh, pretty shit since. You, um, knowing that you haven't spoken about that sober, uh, up until this point, and knowing that maybe quite a few people in your life, your, your immediate family or, or, or friends don't know that. Um, what's, what's going through your mind right now? Uh, nothing really. Nothing. Do you think that this is, this experience, this last hour and a half has been, um, a good one yeah um you know right now not maybe feeling the best Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah i think it's i think it's really important to talk about it um so do i yeah a lot of people don't and uh with good reason too because like you don't it alienates you from the from the rest of kind of humanity because like one of the big rules is like don't don't kill people and um you know i have and uh it's really it makes me feel really alone a lot mm-hmm. of the time not to not to separate from your experience with this uh one of the things that was going through my mind as you came to the conclusion of that is that as a society, when we talk about war and you're saying that while you're there, it just, it still feels normal. Like you're in the, you're in that, you're in that uh, place where it's supposed to be normal to, to, for that to be okay. And when we watch the news and we see politicians make decisions, um, people being pulled out, people being put in, uh, and we all rally, um, around those decisions without knowing that personal, that very, very personal and very visceral experience of what is going on. What is, 
happening. There's a, such a, a massive detachment. Totally yeah. massive disconnect between yeah. a person's personal experience of being in that type of situation. Because we kind of think of it, or at least from my perspective, it seems like it's a collective. Canada or the US or you know the coalition is going to take care of something. Um, and we start thinking of it as this mob mentality idea. I feel like almost though, like when it comes to decisions like how to, like should we send people to war or whatever, um, that, I mean, that should be part of the discussion, but I don't, like I, it re- it's really, really shitty to say it, especially considering my own personal experiences, but like I really don't think it should play that major of a role uh, in the decision-making process, because otherwise like would we have sent anyone yeah, over for World n- War II? Not like, necessarily that it should play a role, but... For people to know that that is just to put some more thought behind what you're, you know, what you're looking at. Because I I understand that it can't really play a role. Because you're right. Then you then we would, if you attach that personal thing to each and every person that's going, then you would go, God, no, let's we can't send anybody. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I guess that that was just a really because I I I find myself looking at it as a collective of going Canada's going over to do this instead of the individual experience and I think that not that I need to look at it entirely as a collective or entirely as like an individual by individual basis but that we need a mix of both because there is there is a it needs to be that I feel that my my perspective on on those situations now is going to be much more mixed uh because of hearing hearing a story like that what would you like to say, if anything, uh, to anyone who might be listening right now who who's going through a bit of a hard time with something, you know, some sort of traumatic experience in their life, whether or not they have PTSD or, or you know, like diagnosed with it or not? Just, um, I guess I'd say go get help. Like you don't, um, you don't need to be alone when you're going through it. Um, yeah, your first, my first survival instinct. And I think a lot of people's first survival instinct is kind of just to like, uh, run and hide and like shelter themselves and protect themselves from anything that could, um, kind of hurt you or make it worse. Um, but yeah, don't, don't, you don't have to do it alone. Go get help. Um, well, I, I just want to first off say thank you for coming in and sharing your experience um, with what you've been going through for the last few years. Uh, I feel like having coming into the room uh, earlier this evening and and really not knowing much at all about PTSD, uh, I feel like I learned a a lot. Um, That's it for today. That's it for today. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.